Welcome to the Tony Gaskin Show, best-selling author, celebrity life coach, and international speaker. The purpose of this show is to bring you motivation, inspiration, and education in the areas of life, love, and business. Thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. Hey, hey, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Talks with Tony. Have a question today from a young lady. Hi, Tony. Thanks for reading my question and helping me in advance. I just got out of a relationship about six months ago. Six months ago. I listened to your podcast and they helped me a lot, but I'm having a tough time getting over it. Me and my ex were together almost a year, about 10 months. We were holy most of the relationship, but ended up having sex once. We broke up about three months after that. He started dating someone about two weeks after we broke up. So you had sex, broke up three months later, and then he started dating someone about two weeks after you broke up. The catch is we all go to the same church. I've been in a very emotional place since then because we all are very involved in different ministries, but we serve together almost every week. It's terribly nerve-wracking and troubles my spirit. When I first found out they were dating, I reached out to both of them to clear the air and somewhat out of disbelief. When I confronted him, he denied it even though I had clear evidence. When I confronted her, she ignored me and started acting funny toward me from that point on. And now I don't speak to either one of them or even look their way. Later, I found out through a mutual friend that he told her she didn't have to communicate with me and that he would handle it. Of course, that peed me off. The only reason I reached out to them is because we go to church together and I didn't want to and I didn't want any further drama. It's a really tough pill to swallow. I loved him, and it seems as soon as I started to really open up and give my all, he gave up on us. I didn't see signs early in the relationship that he needed to grow up and grow his relationship with God. And I didn't push or rush the process because I knew he needed that time to grow. I thought I was being a good woman by helping him. Now I feel like I got the short end of the stick because I was disobedient to God. I had high hopes we would be married someday. We broke up because we couldn't communicate effectively. He was a grown boy and not ready to lead at all, which was always an issue. I'm a grown woman with a business, and he was not used to someone who hustles. He wanted someone to be up under him. Now I'm just emotionally drained. It's six months later, and I'm just tired of thinking about it, and I'm tired of seeing them at church. It's a constant reminder of an annoying distraction. I wish them the best, but I just wish it didn't go down th that way. I was woman enough to keep the peace and move on because all feelings aside, they are still my brother and sister in Christ. But I had to realize I was dealing with two children that don't have the mindset I have. I considered leaving my church, but I don't feel that's what God told me to do. But I'm mentally and emotionally drained. Please help. Thanks. Thank you so much for submitting that question. That's a deep one. And you know what? Just think about what we're talking about. We are talking about a church, a place of worship, where those serving in the ministry 
are dating one another, fornicating with one another, then breaking up and moving on to another member to spread more spirits and create more soul ties and then fall out amongst one another, but yet come into the house of the Lord to serve with fornicating spirits filled with hate and disdain and resentment, some malintent, cannot speak to one another, cannot look at one another, but are supposed to be a unified front for the body of Christ and for those who are coming into the church for help and for healing and being served by those who are broken and wallowing in the sin and in the mess. When you really look at it like that, it puts things into perspective and it shows us how much work the church needs. And of course, it's not a place for a healthy and whole people. I mean, everyone in the church is growing and trying to be better. But you would at least like to think that those serving would be a lot better off than those who are coming to sit in the church and be served. But we see we're kind of just two sides of the same coin. And that's how I would begin to look at it you know, as an individual, I would look at it like, wow, you know, I, I really, you know, took God for granted. Like I really played with God. I really tried to play God and ended up playing myself. You know, God will not be mocked. And so now instead I'm being mocked because I tried to play God. If I were you, that's how I would look at it. And I would ask for forgiveness. I would repent. And then I would also understand that God is in any church you go to, and the devil is going to be in any church you go to. So where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst. So you have to ask yourself, what is the difference between serving in this church and serving in the church up the street or the church around the corner? Because they're all kind of doing the same thing, just in a little different way. And it's just going to be a little different. I mean, I, I go to three different churches, um, just because, you know, where I live, it's not the biggest city, but yet I have, you know, one of the, the biggest brands, you know, in this city. So if I'm at the same church every week, people kind of start to clock my moves and know what I'm doing and kind of start to plot and pray on me and try to move a little closer. And then they want favors and then they want this and that and they want a partner and all this. So I kind of have to worship in different places. And so I, I realized that God is in all of them. You know, in, in one, I like to praise and worship better than the other. In the other, I like the, you know, I can be a little more anonymous and not be bothered. Um, in, in another, you know, I may like the, you know, the style and the flow a little better. You know, this one may have, you know, better children's church. But at the end of the day, God is in all of them. And so I'm able to serve. And I am a member of the body of Christ, not a member to this man's church, because his church should not be separate than any other church. And we I don't even believe we should have members to of the sense of you have to be a member to this church. And it's like a gang, like, oh, you are a member of this church and you can't go to that church 
if we're all serving the same God and we're all on the same team, then we're all a part of the body of Christ. And so eventually when I start my church, I, I don't care. You know, I don't, I'm not going to require you be a member just so I can count numbers because that does not matter. If you're in the building and you're here and you're under the word of God, I really don't care if you're paying tithes to me, uh, you know, to the church. If you are a member of my church, because this isn't about me, this is about God. So you sow where you want to sow, you go where you want to go. And I think that's one of the problems with churches. We, we become loyal to a building and to a man or a woman as if it is a cult or a gang when God is going to be wherever you call him to be. You know, if you, you bow your head and you pray and you usher in the spirit, he's going to be there. So me personally, this one thing, I what I believe is that when you make a mess, you have to deal with your mess. And so if you cost yourself your membership at your church by lying in bed with another member, then it is on you to remove yourself from that church and start over fresh and new. Like Jesus told the woman who was about to be stoned to death, go, and he said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then he looked her in the eyes and he said, go and sin no more. So you may need to go and sin no more. Go to another church and start serving there. You may even be exalted a little higher there and moved on up the ranks just because you actually repented and you moved, removed yourself from the crack house so that you can get off the crack pipe. And now you went to a safe place and started over. And that's what I would do personally, because it could be a part of you that enjoys the drama, a part of you that likes the drama. See, you said you don't feel like God is telling you to leave, but God is not the author of confusion. So you got into this confusion, you got into this chaos, and now you are actually working against the work of God because you are in a place with some disdain and some discomfort in your heart to where you can't effectively communicate with your coworkers in the body of Christ because you have some resentment towards them. And although you may say you don't have any, your heart says differently. And that is why six months later, after only a 10-month relationship, you are still warring in your spirit. And it is hindering your praise. It is hindering your service. It is hindering everything that you are standing for as a Christian. So me personally, yes, it would benefit them. Yes, it would make it a little easier for them if you left. But it also will benefit you. And if leaving isn't an option, then you have to pray for the forgiveness pray for the healing. You have to confess to your sins. You have to admit what you did wrong. So me personally, I will confess, like the Bible says, confess our sins one to another so that you can be held accountable. I would tell the, the pastor or one of the ministers, if you want to stay there, I would let them know that you are a part of a love triangle. Declare your name and all three of y'all might get sat down. And to be honest with you, that's what needs to happen. All three of y'all need to sit down. And then his nasty butt really needs to sit down because, see, you you haven't moved on to sleep with another man 
or a woman in the church. Now he's moved on to her, and if he slept with you, he probably gonna be sleeping with her. And then she's acting a fool because instead of her being a unified front with her sister, she has turned her back on you and won't talk to you so she can keep, you know, her vitamin D coming. And then she's still coming in church, you know, knowing she probably could be sleeping with this man or getting ready to sleep with him. You know, maybe she can hold out for seven months. But she sounds immature that she won't talk to you and, and stuff, knowing that she's dating the man that you were dating. Uh, so, you know, she's not going to cost herself her husband because he wasn't a good fit for you. That's what she's telling herself. Like, hey, he just wasn't a good fit for her, but that don't mean he's not my husband. And I'm over here desperate and lonely waiting on me a man. So, hey, if he want to bring that vitamin D over here, I'm going to be here to receive it and child, you could just get this cold shoulder because this ain't no sisterhood. It's every woman for themselves when it comes to finding you a good man. And this obviously a good man in, in my mind, so I'm a better woman than you, so I'm going to date him, and, and I'm just not going to talk to you anymore because um, he's not okay with it, and he told me I don't have to talk to you. So she, you know, lost and confused and feeding into it. When if she was smart, she would be trying to talk to you and see what happened with y'all relationship and what went wrong, she would be checking his relationship resume because you are an entity. And when you are dating someone, you bringing them into your corporation. And so you need to check their resume. And when you get a resume, what's on a resume? References. So yes, your opinion may be biased, but she can still hear from you and take it with a grain of salt. But if she was smart, she will be trying to check in and see, well, what happened with y'all? And he sounds like a grown boy. And whether he is or he isn't, you feel as if y'all broke up because he couldn't accept you at your level of greatness and being a, a, a woman about her business and making moves and not being up under him. And that's, again, you know, what I talked about recently in another episode on the podcast of dating down so if you know you're a businesswoman you know you're about your business you know you're a hustler why would you be with and date a man who is not on that same playing field not on that same level and you see some insecurities in him that he can't even deal with or process or handle or understand a woman like you but yet you give him a chance and then you give him a chance and then you give him your cookies and now y'all have gotten intimate, and yet the relationship should have never been. And then you went in and you were abstinent, but you had not committed to being celibate until marriage. So you were just holding out for a period of time. Your buzzer went off at seven months. You got in the bed with them. So now what this has done is now you look like a fake and a flawed woman. You look like a woman who was playing a game, who was trying to appear to be classy, to lock him up, to trap him. And then you come off the cookie seven months in when he's like, look, it's either until marriage or it's not. If you're going to give it up at seven months, you could have gave it up at one month. And that's what I tell women all the time. It's like, it's no difference if you wait until day 181 or you waiting to day one. I mean, it is one difference of that. Yes, they can fall for you more, but 
The other difference is if it's going to be a one-night stand, that one-night stand can happen on day 181 or it can happen on day one. The problem with day 181 is now you a whole lot more addicted, you a whole lot more into this man, and yet still he decides this is going to be a one-night stand. And it might not be, a, well, you said y'all had sex once, so you literally waited seven months to have a one-night stand, and then he was with you three months more, and then y'all parted ways. So now you have added another man to your list, and you got nothing from it but some heartache and confusion. So that is why you need to be celibate until marriage, because the same thing will continue to happen. And if you're serving God, you see, you can't even hear God. So it doesn't sound like, and you say, it doesn't sound like that's what God is telling me to do. You probably can't hear God because of where your heart is at with the resentment in this situation, in this love triangle. You, it's still sin in the camp, and you're stuck here, and God's voice can't even reach you because of where your heart is. He can't speak to you because of what you got going on with this man and this soul tie you got and what you got going on with this woman that y'all serving together in the church, in ministry, and, and can't even speak to one another, can't even look. That's just all kind of bad negative energy that God really can't even permeate through that. He can't even get to you because of where your heart and your mind is at. And so that's what you have to realize here is that unless you are committed and sold out, you really won't reap the benefits. So you won't reap the blessings. You won't attract a man who is a true and real man of God if you are not committed to the process of saving yourself until marriage. Otherwise, if you're saving yourself until seven months or if you're saving yourself until eight months, you're going to keep falling for the same thing over and over Keep getting your heart broke. Keep going through the same issue. And so, to be honest with you, is it could be not so much that he's a grown boy and can't handle a woman like you. It probably came off that way, but he probably, after having sex with you, realized, wow, this was nowhere near what I expected it to be, and this is not what it's, you know, cracked up to be, and I waited all this time to be let down because he hadn't built it up in his mind. And then when he, when his fantasy met the reality and the reality could not match the fantasy, that becomes a huge turnoff. And it takes a man a year to two years to fall in love. So at seven months, he wasn't even in love with you and you gave him something that he should only get when he is in love with you. So when his fantasy of you did not match the reality of you, that turned him off, which made him treat you differently, which made you perceive it as if he's a grown boy that can't handle a woman like me, when truthfully he's a grown boy who doesn't want you as a woman. And so that's what happens when you involve sex in a relationship. It is Russian roulette. It is a huge gamble that you're taking. Some people make it out okay, but most people fall by the wayside because it's like playing the lotto. It's going to be one person that hit that, that mega million, but it's millions other others that just wasted their time and money, hard-earned time and money. 
And the and a lot of time the person who hit the Mega Millions bought one ticket. But it's it was a hundred thousand people who spent hundreds of dollars and didn't win. And so you were one of the ones who played the lotto and didn't win. And now he could mess around and have sex with another woman and they end up getting married. And so that's what you have to realize. That's what you got to look at. And you just got to stop gambling. And you got to wait on the surefire real deal. Close your legs. Open your eyes. Open your mind. Be mindful. Be prayerful. Be obedient. Trust God's process for your life. Dedicate your heart, your mind, your spirit, and your soul. Remove yourself from the messy situation. Go somewhere new to a new church and start over fresh and new and do right what you in the past did wrong. And I think that will help you tremendously. So, hey, thank you so much for submitting that question. I know I might not always say what you want to hear, but I thank you for even giving me the opportunity just to throw my two cents in there, hoping it doesn't bankrupt me. If you have a question for me, your brother from another mother, please send it to inbox at TonyGaskins.com, inbox at TonyGaskins.com. Remember to visit Tony Gaskins Academy. Com, which is my website grab the real love course made it dirt cheap so you can watch it learn real love learn how to love yourself learn how to forgive learn how to heal learn how to prepare for real love and change your life again that's TonyGaskinsAcademy.com. thank you so much we will talk soon